Welcome back to E-Rotic, the brand, my YouTube channel, my podcast, wherever you're listening or watching this. Someone asked me on my TikTok live, is it beneficial for me to know about attachment styles? Is it important for me to know? How beneficial is it for me to know about attachment styles in the relationship? Do I discuss it with my partner? My short answer to a longer explanation, which I will definitely get into, is no. You just need to know who you are. And that is a very, very, very exhausting thing to figure out, okay? Because that is a lifelong process and journey, as we know, to figure out who you are. In a relationship, you know how you are, okay? You know the biggest complaint you've gotten in your past relationships. You know how you feel, right? And normally feelings are what we remember. So hold on to that concept because I'm going to get to it. But if you feel anxious in, in relationships, if you get super attached, super clingy, right? There's a reason for this. You are what they classify as an anxious attachment style, an anxious person in general. People who have anxious attachment styles are usually just anxious on the day to day for many things. You're usually an overthinker, usually spiral. A feeling creates this sort of experience internally and then you're just thinking the worst. Then you have this internal monologue that's going off about all of these problems or all of the what ifs that may or may not have happened or will happen, that have happened in the past, are things repeating themselves, constant stress, constant worry, and what a way to live. I've been there. I am a fellow anxious person, okay? But I have conquered it to a degree in some areas and still am learning to conquer it in others. But I'm in the right path and I am definitely working through it. And I have found that anxiety a lot of times in relationships has to do with some form of validation and some sort of stress or worry about something that has happened to you in past relationships or in the past that you're worried may or may not repeat itself. Now, if you're with a person who has wronged you in the past, I totally understand. And sometimes it's best for us to let go of that person and start fresh with somebody else for us to get the gears really going. Sometimes we want a challenge, but we have to pull through. And when we accept a partner back, which I don't re recommend, as you guys know, my opinions on that. But when you accept a partner back, you have to accept them as a new partner, which is very hard for most people to do. Okay. So in terms of infidelity and things like that, sometimes it just breaks the person down, breaks the relationship and it's not repairable. And for some, it actually invigorates the relationship. But for most, especially for the demographics I'm usually speaking to, just avoid that. Let's just not deal with that. Focus on you. If you've been wronged in the past, if you've been cheated on the past, the burn, the sting, it kills, it hurts. It'll be a scar that's there for a long, long time. But the problem with that scar is that you keep picking at it, prodding at it, pulling at it, infecting it, opening it again with your own thoughts and feelings. The feeling is just a feeling. It's not nothing more, nothing less. You add meaning to every feeling. Okay, when you feel sad, when you feel anxious, doesn't mean it deserves your time of day. It doesn't mean it deserves time and attention to dissect it. It doesn't mean that there is something inherently wrong. It could be that there was some form of trigger and trigger is a big word. And a lot of people think it's something negative, but sometimes it could be something so simple that you watch on TV that makes you feel some type of way. And the reason why you feel some type of way is because it's coming from a past experience. Our bodies hold on to experiences. Our bodies hold on to memories, feelings trigger memories or experiences that we've held into the body that we have not actually fully grown from. It reminds us of something. So when we're in a relationship and our partner is, you observe, is seeming to be more distant, you start to think, oh my God, are they cheating? Oh my God, is something wrong? 
oh my God, do they not love me anymore? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and you spiral. But the feeling that you just had initially was a bit of anxiety and you started to think about it. You started to ask why I'm feeling this way. You're starting to say something must be wrong if I'm feeling this way. You are starting to add jargon to this emotion, feeling to this emotion, meaning to this emotion. You're starting to dissect the emotion. When you start to dissect, you will open up this whole treasure chest of negativity and it never really does help. You prod and you pick and you search and then you look externally for other ways to validate how you're feeling. So now what you're doing is you're just feeding the anxiety. And when you feed any negative emotion, you are just going to make it bigger, more powerful and harder to get out of. If you are suffering with anxiety because of trauma in the past, therapy is the way to go. You have to get to the root of something to fully fix it. You guys oftentimes just distract, medicate, numb yourself, but you think that that allows for movement inside your body. You think that that just somehow disappears all those experiences, all the trauma, all the feelings, all the memories. You think it disappears. No, it doesn't. It never disappears. It'll come up at the most inconvenient worst times for you. If you are suppressing and if you are using distraction as a way of coping. Okay. There's many unhealthy coping mechanisms that we use to protect ourselves and it's worked up until it doesn't. It hasn't really worked when it has never actually solved the, the core problem. The goal here is to turn off the tap. And sometimes therapy is the way to go to turn off the tap from all of the leaking that's happening, all of this negative emotion that's leaking through you, all the anxiety that's leaking through your entire body, and then leaking outward into your real world. So then you're self-sabotaging your relationship. If there really isn't anything there, you're creating it in the world up here. When you are in a relationship, and I've said this before, you are entering the relationship, you have to give it a fair shot. How do you give it a fair shot? You have to trust the person until they give you a reason not to. You have to be open-minded. Think, okay, just because somebody in the past hurt me, lied to me, deceived me, whatever the case may be, doesn't mean that every person onward will be doing that. If I get really micro here too, it's who are you attracting? Why are we attracting these types of people? And anxious people, and the reason why I don't really want to talk about attachment styles and like that whole, you know, world and, and that trendy shit that's going all over the internet, TikToks about if you're a secure attachment style, if you're an avoidant attachment style, if you're an anxious attachment style, like whatever the fucking bullshit, do this, be this, say this, find this partner. This is what you need. This is what you are a human being. Stop trying to label yourself. When you label yourself, you actually negate yourself. You're just limiting yourself. I'm an anxious avoidant. I'm an anxious person. Therefore, I need to date like this. Therefore, I need to do this. Therefore, I need... No, no. Fix the problem. Fix the tap. Close the tap. Stop the leakage from happening. Get to the core. Just because you have been an anxious person, you have an anxious attachment style, does not mean that you cannot go from anxious to secure where you don't have to self-sabotage or cause so much anxiety and stress. Living like that is not healthy. Stress is the number one killer, as we know. And yeah, you're probably looking at me like, Eden, well, what, do I, what the fuck do I do? How do I stop this? It's a mindset and a discipline thing, just like everything else is. And there is no easy route. The first mindset switch you need to remember is this person has chosen you. Sometimes that provides somebody a lot of comfort. Sometimes even just telling your partner that, you know, this was my past. These are my anxieties. I'm not saying that I feel this way towards you. I'm saying that this is what's brought up when I am in relationships. And I know that it's my responsibility to work on. I'm just making sure that you're aware. Do not rely on your partner to soothe you, to validate you every time you're anxious because what happens is, is they become your caretaker. And when you feed the anxiety, like I said, it'll just continue to snowball. You might feel good in the moment, but it does not solve the problem. The problem requires you 
to handle your feelings, to deal with your trauma. Another person cannot do that for you, even if they wanted to. Your partner is your partner. They're supposed to act equal to a degree. They're not supposed to be a caretaker for you. They can aid in validation. They should be validating you anyways, whether you're anxious or not, right? They should give you no reason to doubt them. They shouldn't be shady. I mean, all of these things, obviously. And if they are, and if they are a healthy person, and you know what's coming from you, then what is it, guys? What do I always say? It's a you problem. Radical accountability here. That is the only way to improve any sort of situation that you're in. Let things be as they need to be. This is a concept that I have to remind myself on a day-to-day basis, even outside of the relationship sphere. If it's meant to be, it'll be. I've done my part. That's all I can do. I cannot control every single outcome that is not just a me thing. If it requires another partner and they decide to cheat on me and I've done nothing but do my best, then that's not my fault. That's not my problem. That was their actions. That was their decisions, not mine. You cannot prevent somebody from doing things. You might think that maybe you can, you know, postpone it by spying on them, checking their location, stalking them all the time, but that suffocates people. And when they feel like they are not being trusted, They start to second guess their position in the relationship. They start to ask whether or not you're a good partner. And this is where the self-sabotage starts. So you need to let them be as they are, as they need to be, as you need to be, as this relationship needs to be. When we sit there and we feel some type of way and we open our mouths and we badmouth our partner or we start to say, I need to check your phone. Every time you feel anxious and they have done nothing different than the other day, it's not your gut, it's your anxiety. We confuse our feelings with our gut because we're not really told how to differentiate between the two. Feelings are past experiences and memories. A gut is intuitive knowing that won't really make you feel anxious or overwhelmed. It'll be a calm knowing. And I guarantee you what you're feeling is not a calm knowing. It's anxiety. It's stress, oftentimes coming from thin air. Sometimes you're sitting there and you're watching your partner hold their phone and they're on their phone, they're scrolling or they're texting somebody and you can't really see the screen. So you start to think, oh my God, my partner is scrolling on Instagram, looking at girls. My partner is texting somebody. Oh my God, what's going on? What is being said? What is being done? When in reality, they're just checking their sports scores or they're scrolling through text messages with their friends and it's innocent conversation or their parents. Every time you have an anxious thought or feeling and you start to give it attention, If you can't stop it, I want you to challenge it. I want you to play devil's advocate. Next time you start to spiral, I want you to hear the the voices in your head and I want you to write them down. Because you'll see that the voice in your head is actually a maniac. Doesn't mean you are. It's it's in everyone's head. It flip-flops. Oh my God, what if he's doing this? No, he's probably not doing that. No, never mind. Oh my God, he gave me a hug and kiss. Now we're fine. But oh my God, when he doesn't, oh my God, what does that mean? Or oh my God, like we didn't have sex today. Does that mean he doesn't love me? Oh my God, it is. But wait, no, he loves me now because we just had sex and everything's good. That is our mind. Is that a reliable source? No, baby, it's not a reliable source. Is a past experience with a different person a good, a good example to hold up against this person, how they will be, to predict how they will be? No, they're two different people. Imagine someone did that to you. That's unfair. If they have not done anything wrong to create suspicion or anxiety, trust that it is not that and start to challenge your thinking. Okay, he's on his phone. He's probably looking on people's Instagram. Is he probably though? Why am I thinking that? Why am I thinking that? What if he's not? What do I do when I'm on my phone? I'm not always scrolling. I don't really care to zoom in on people. 
We're, we're dating. He chose me. I chose him. He loves me. We're a public couple. People know. If he's my person, he wouldn't do that. And here's the thing, guys. Kind of a side note and might not be super comforting, but it's always good to know. Just like I say, let things be the way they need to be, right? Do your part and then let things go, right? Because you trying to micromanage and control things you cannot control is just a waste of your energy and will only make you feel stressed and stress creates sickness. Like, I don't think you guys get that. It's not a way to live. Sometimes just saying, someone can have my man or my woman, keep them. I made a TikTok on this. Keep them. I don't want somebody that somebody else can have. I don't want somebody that's easily distracted. So if that is the absolute worst case of what is happening here, then good. Because at the end of the day, I don't want somebody who is like that. The biggest problem with this statement that might come up with a lot of you is insecurity, self-esteem issues, or you being so dependent and codependent on this person in many aspects and many areas of your life. And that is a you problem. That is why I always tell you guys to make sure that you are good with or without that person and not in a negative way. That if this weren't to be what you wanted it to be or pan out the way you wanted it to pan out, that it's okay because you were fine before this person. You'll be fine after this person. And that will create some comfort knowing that I can let things go. I can try and trust. (sighs) Deep breaths. If that doesn't work and you're in the heat of the anxiety, I want you to create no reaction towards the anxiety and do something better. And I have my five-step system. I told you guys, take a deep breath. Then I want you to go get some water. I want you to eat something small. I want you to go masturbate and I want you to go to sleep or nap. When you wake up, the anxiety won't feel as strong and you'll feel a little bit better and you'll be able to think clearer if you need some space. Now, I'm going to pull up a quote that I think is super fucking important to remember when it comes to anxiety in general, when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to moments like this, when it comes to your anxious attachment style, okay? Between stimulus and response, there is space. So the stimulant is your feelings that are coming up and the way you respond to it is your decision. There's space between them as to how you want to react if you want to react to this stimulus or to this feeling, okay? In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. This was said by Viktor Frankl, who is an Austrian psychiatrist who created logotherapy. This quote is very important because in between that, in between the response and the stimulus, you've got space. And this space is something that every anxious person needs to be able to understand and to utilize. There is space as well as avoidance. Before you run or flee or choose to ignore, there is a space here where you can think, where you can question your feelings because they're not always true and they're not always accurate. And it makes us feel uncomfortable because we're like, well, it's coming from us. So it must mean something. No, we're a little Delulu sometimes. We love to spiral. We love negativity. We love drawing from past experiences that are negative, that are never for us, that are more so against us in moments, which is wild. This is a habit. In order to fix anxiety in relationships, you need to create a habit of utilizing that space between stimulus and response. What are habits? Habits are routines that end up shaping who we are. That's all habits are. They are a big deal. (laughs) I'm making it seem like it's not a big deal. It's such a fucking big deal. What have we learned so far? When we feel anxious, we question our feelings. We give them little to no reaction, little to no thought. Okay, I'm feeling sad. That doesn't have to mean that the world's ending. 
sometimes reaching out to your partner and this is you sparingly this is why I don't bring it up in this video as much you sparingly and saying you know I'm just anxious about your phone I don't know why I feel this way I know that you're probably not doing anything I just get this way because my past and I know that that was a different person you are not that person I'm working on it I just wanted to let you know and bring that to your attention and normally they should be able to validate you in that moment but sometimes what that does is it opens up a can of worms where you state it they validate it and you realize the validation is actually not enough and you want to see their phone and then you start spiraling and then you start behaving crazy and you start to question everything so this is why i'm very hesitant on letting you guys know to reach out to your partner for validation a lot of times because they should just be naturally validating you in in different areas not just when things are negative and bad okay because when when they do that it's never enough for us anyways that's why finding validation internally is super important that leads me to self-esteem if your anxiety comes from self-esteem because probably of past experiences because that's where self-esteem issues usually stem from the past what we consume all those things, all these bad habits that we have, there's always going to be bigger, better out there or what seems to be bigger and better. The grass always seems greener. All, all these things. You have to be able to say that whether or not my, my partner is going to get distracted by something that's, that's shinier on the outside, that might seem greener on the outside or not, I'm good with who I am and I know what I have to offer here. This is why it's very important to work on yourself with or without a partner at all times, consistently, constantly, and in a disciplined manner. It's a non-stop process now we make it seem like it's such an exhausting process especially when we have anxiety it seems exhausting because anxiety is exhausting you never turn off you're overly stimulated at all times you're on edge all the time and that does not make you the best version of you but now we know that there's a stimulus and we know there's space between the response and that is where you win and that is what you need to practice with yourself in and outside of the relationship write out your anxieties write out your fears physically That'll give you a better distraction than fully not paying attention to your anxiety. Anxiety, the funny thing is, is the more attention you give it, the worse it gets. But also when you ignore it, the worse it gets. So it's like, well, what do I do, Eden? Sit in it, but do not react. And then give yourself a deadline. This is what I say about everything. Feeling sad, give yourself two minutes to feel sad. Then tell yourself after those two minutes of me feeling sad, I'm getting up and I'm going to do something. Go on a walk. I'm going to physically exercise. I'm going to make myself something to eat. I'm going to call my mom. You have to discipline yourself, train yourself. Now, anxiety in relationships and attachment styles. Do not classify yourself as an anxious attachment style. Do not sit there and then be like, well, you know, it's my partner avoiding attachment because now you're classifying, putting yourself in a box and you're looking for all the ways that you can validate the fact that this is who you are, this anxious attached person. That's not who you are. Okay. It's an outcome to past experiences and habits that have shaped who you are in this moment, but it's not who you are entirely. And it doesn't mean it's going to be who you are in a year or so. Anxiety is not a way to live, right? Anxiety is constantly stressed about the what ifs, the future, things that haven't even happened that might happen that maybe if I can just get ahead of it, you cannot predict the future and you are not going to be able to save the future from this uh, you know apocalypse that you've created in your head which is by the way imaginary so imagine you saving an apocalypse right now when apocalypse hasn't even happened you're creating such chaos in your world now when now is not the apocalypse you understand what i'm saying it's a ridiculous kind of funny silly goofy concept but that's anxiety and i get it because i am an anxious person whether you believe it or not the way I speak now is sometimes something I have to tell myself in 
peaks of my anxiety. And some days the anxiety will have more of a hold on me, a grasp on me than other days. But I know this part of the process and I'm going to challenge it and I'm not going to accept it. And I know that if my friend wants to leave me for a group, another group of people or if my man wants to leave me for another person, go ahead. I won't stand in your way. I will never stand in the doorway and prevent people from leaving my life. If they want to leave my life, I don't want them there. You're standing in a doorway telling people not to leave when people are very comfortable in the room that they're in with you. You're ruining your present moment. You're ruining those people's relationships with you, worrying that they're going to leave when that wasn't even on their mind, when that wasn't what they were doing. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching this episode. I hope this helped. It was just a bite size to get us started about this talk on anxiety in relationships, this concept of attachment style, which I want you to put on the back burner. If you do want to explore more of it, the only book I'm going to recommend, the only form of substance that is actually valuable if you want to really think about attachment styles here, find solutions challenge your thinking is this book that I've read that I think I've recommended on my Amazon storefront already for forever. It's the book attached. Basically it says the new science of adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love. So I don't think that knowing your attachment style can help you find love. It just keeps you accountable and self-aware and self-awareness and accountability is the key to being a successful person in all areas of your life, including dating and to push you forward to being a better, healthier and happier person in general. You can shop this book on my Amazon storefront link. Links are all in the description below. It does help when you shop through my links, but if you don't want to, then okay, rude. The least you can do then is subscribe to my YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and hit the bell for notifications. It is absolutely free so that you don't miss more of this content. It helps support me, and it shows me that you guys are enjoying my content, as well as follow my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I will see you guys back here so soon. Bye.